This is crisscross applesauce. I'm Amit Kooner. I'm the uh, data guy here. I'm Mike Gardner, one third of crisscross applesauce. I am the Donald guy here. So talking about a lot of things, politics and the like. And I am Gunther. I am the other fourth of crisscross applesauce. Um, <laughs> That's true. There are Matt four of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm the designer. <laughs> <laughs> so where's Michael today? Michael is on a plane, I believe. I don't know where he's going. No Michael for this episode. No Michael for this episode. We'll be uh, kicking off the episode just uh, Gunther and and Amit. And uh, wait, this is usually the stuff that like Michael like kicks off. He's I know. like, oh, this is uh, crisscross applesauce. I know. He talks in that serious voice of his. <sighs> that that raspy, musky, like 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 bare fur whiskey voice. Yeah, yeah. he does have that whiskey <laughs> voice. Anyway, uh, so he'll just be uh, Ahmed and Gunther for the episode, while Michael, uh, our beloved Michael, is gone somewhere, either like hunting, shooting guns, or eating beef. Um, because that's what Michael does on yeah. his off days. So. Yeah. All right. So what I would like to do, and we were discussing this a little bit earlier, is have one person every month take on something that they've been musing, deep dive into it a little bit, and like we, we can just discuss it as a group. So they're... The they're what's that? The muse. The muse. You're just musing about things, right? Yeah. So there have been two things that have been on my mind for a while, and I think that they're, one of them is, is a hot topic, and I think is a kind of a knee-jerk topic. And What's a knee-jerk? Uh, it's like, a, a knee-jerk is like when you get hit in the knee mm-hmm. with, a, with the hammer yeah. and your leg yeah. moves, it's like a... Reflect, like... Uh, reflex. Yeah. It's like people have an instant reaction to things okay. without thinking all the way through. Like I've always heard the saying, I just wanted to get a little yeah. deeper. Like what? Okay, go mm-hmm. ahead. So the thing I was thinking a lot about this past month was automation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of freak out about what AI is going to do to the job sector. There's a lot of articles I've read about saying that they have agencies in Japan who have a CEO as a AI or whatever, and they're like, oh, everybody's... All right. So I really wanted to think hard about, you know, sci-fi movies and and uh, there's been there's been robots and automation and stuff been has been discussed for a long time. And I wanted to just take a step back and think about, like, how long what other technologies have probably come around that people have feared would would end humanity. Right. Computers. Okay, so I want to take it even farther back, way farther back. So this is just from my whatever history class I, I listened to, all these things came to mind, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you way back here. To the year 2000? No. To the year 2000. <laughs> that was the best bit coded ever. Did. Ever. <laughs> that and the <laughs> bear. So <laughs> number one, I thought of the printing press. All right? So I thought, okay. Now, while it seemed Steam like... Steam engine. Okay, no, no, no. I'm getting to that. Oh, I'm getting to right. that. First, let's talk about the printing press, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like a big meeting to use the printing press from what I've seen. They actually had to use type, and they'd actually, like, print it. 
Letterpress. So, yeah, so it didn't even seem like it saved that much time. Yeah. But if you can imagine back then, there were people whose job it was to write books by hand. Yeah. All of a sudden, Gutenberg came out with this you press. Ink it. Pow. Pow, right? Yeah. So now, so then my question is, what are the secondary effects of that? Yes, there were a ton of people who lost their jobs, who were probably hand writers of books. Uh, they were monastery monks, so they didn't really lose their jobs. But those were just the Bible, right? I'm sure the technology was used for other books. Yeah. Whatever books there were in the 1500s, right? Yeah. Okay. Minor in terms of auto, but that is an example of automation, right? The next one I have, I thought about was a steam engine, right? Mm -hmm. So what did the steam engine do? It helped to, it, it, it killed the need for horses, right? Where before you needed a horse to travel anywhere around. Well, you also shorten distances from the point of view that you no longer have to go find a natural bridge or a bridge for that matter. You can just go across the river. 100%. Yeah. You, you're able to explore the West in America. You're able to travel by ship. And my favorite were the little like uh, Mississippi boats with the yeah. little wheel in the back and yeah. everyone was playing poker and smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. those they, were... they, they still have one of those. They still have the Delta Queen <sighs> down in New Orleans. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, it's supposed to be haunted. I saw an Unsolved Mysteries about it. But... <laughs> it's not good. It's not yeah. a good episode, but apparently there's a freaking ghost who wanders around, who woos around. So, right? So, all of a sudden, what did this do? Everyone involved with horses lost their jobs. But what happened? It opened up millions more jobs, right? Because you have people now laying down track, building steam engines, yeah. building ships. I haven't done the numbers on this, but it sounds like a positive. Yeah. The steam engine is a positive for the economy, mm -hmm. right? So then my next one is the automobile. Once again, it killed the need. You know, horses were, were out of the picture once the automobile became big, right? Yep. And obviously with another automation that came with that was Henry Ford's... Line automation. Line automation, right? Now, horses turned cities into ecological nightmares, right? Assembly line. Assembly, assembly line. line. Yeah. Horses turned cities into ecological nightmares shitting yep. everywhere. Yep. But on the other hand, cars turned the world into an environmental nightmare. However, much like steamships, people moved out into suburbs. They built their own, you know, they were able to create lives outside of cities. And they, they were able to move around everywhere. That increased travel mm -hmm. and, you know, like all that economy that comes with that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and especially with all the jobs that are the secondary jobs that come from cars, right? Tire manufacturers, all the parts, all the mechanics, all the roads, everything. But, you know, tires are such a blue collar thing while Michelin re restaurants are white collar. You know what I mean? Oh, so true, it's like, true, 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 true. So yeah. it's like, can, you, can you yeah. mix the two? You know what I mean? Okay. The cotton gin. Okay, so it was invented late 1700s. We learned so much about it in school. It was essentially a way to separate the seeds from cotton, mm -hmm. which was done by slaves at one point, but then was automated through this machine. But as I read about it, arguably created more need for slaves because turning out the, the, the cotton faster actually lowered prices enough that it caused more increased demand in cotton, which actually necessitated the need for more slaves to keep up with that demand. And uh, some people think caused the Civil War. Just the invention of the cotton gin directly related to the Civil War. We're gonna say that that's probably a negative 
automation, right? You, you, using human bondage to create anything is bad, but it is another example of automation through history. But I mean, to that, basically every single one of the examples that you have mentioned have had some sort of negative effect on humanity. What was the steam engine? You killed the need for horses. There was a rancher out there that was out of a job. There was a, you know, a, a uh, blacksmith that was out of a job. There was- True, true, but you, I, I'm gonna say that you created more jobs than you killed. Of course, but there is a transition true. in, in the, the, the killing of jobs. And I'm waiting for you to get into to, to like the modern era yeah. because I'm right there with you yeah. on all of this automation. And I, I think I kind of give away my topic, which is the, the, there's going to be a, a transitional period. True. And I think that part, okay, so l l let me go into two more examples. Uh, of course. I'm going to go to the Xerox. Yeah. Right? Much like the printing press, for a long time, it was impossible to make copies of things. Mm -hmm. Xerox quickly grew in the 50s and 60s to be one of the biggest companies in the world, right, at the time when it was a very important company. It's still an important company, yep. but it's not as big as it once was. I just read the book Business Adventures. Have you read that book? No. It's Bill Gates' like favorite book. Um, it's 12 stories of... Um, of like, it's written in the 60s. Uh, it's Business Adventures by John Brooks. It's a fantastic book. Um, a lot of the business cases are very old. However, I think a lot of the st studies of human nature that they have in the book hold true still today. Mm -hmm. Xerox, it, what, what industries do you think they've killed? They probably killed, well, how, how do you think you, you started them? everything off with the printing press. Yeah, so Later. similar to that, Yeah. right? So, well, there's the printing press. There was the, um, I remember there was this little like spinning drum that yeah. you could like, uh, I forgot what that was called, but like you could basically make copies manually by like spinning this drum and it would just like press the, 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 the master page onto other things. It wasn't, it wasn't a printing press, but uh, you could also say it actually did kill the printing press. In addition, it probably killed a lot of the typewriting or carbon copy for sure. There was probably a certain level of like, back then secretaries that like, uh, either that, going back to your cotton gin comment, right? Like, did that increase the need for secretaries or decrease it because you didn't have people typing? Like, I'm, I'm this is where I'm like, bringing my mind to like, uh, sure. uh, Mad Men <laughs> episodes. And I'd love to, d to think about this more, yeah. you know, because I feel like net, maybe secretaries work the exact same. They just work differently. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so and so. Okay, with the Xerox, the secondary effects are you have now opened up a can of worms in terms of trademarking. People can copy whatever they want now, right? On the other hand, you've also made it easier to spread knowledge to people, right? Yeah. Through the Xerox. Well, think of education. Think of totally. like think of what Xerox did for the education industry. Totally. In which, boom, here you go. Like here's a bunch of reports, or here's whatever. Totally. Yeah. Xerox made that possible, yeah. right? All of these things are making information spread faster, in a way, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next one I was thinking is, and so I'm fascinated about these secondary effects of technology. I think a lot of people think of the direct effect without thinking about the secondary effects of things. But like, what are, as you think further and further, what's the effect? Two, three times removed. Yeah. Totally. And I, I, I see that a Butterfly lot. Butterfly effect. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. I, I've heard of that term. I didn't exactly know what it meant. So. Oh, is that the term where like you kill a butterfly and then a dinosaur could die or something? Something <laughs> like that. Okay. Like a ripple it, it happened in Homer. Uh, Homer Simpson did that. Did you see that in a uh, on The Simpsons one time? 
when Homer, it's like a magic toaster he uses or something in a Halloween episode. You know what I'm talking about? Are we high right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you? I don't know. No, no. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so okay. So then, so then I thought about something more modern. Yeah. Website and app development. So at one point, you had to hire somebody, create me a website. They would put together some HTML. How many teenagers that did this in the 90s are now multimillionaires? True. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's not true. But what I'm saying, what what I'm trying to say is that, at one point you had to hire somebody to do yeah. that stuff for you. Now, you can go to Squarespace. Squarespace yeah. You can go to WordPress. Any yeah. number of CMSs out there. And WordPress has open source marketplace, so you can get whatever addition plugin blah 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 you want. Yeah. Yeah, and it works for them. They yeah. they they claim they're open. Yet they're making money off it, mm-hmm. right? And then. On the other hand, you have app development. At one point, you know, I think now there's about to be explosion in in like companies like Bubble. You go to Bubble, you can create, you can drag and drop, create yourself an app on there. You can link it to Envision, I believe, and you can create apps in minutes. I'm not saying that they're the Nike Plus app, but all of a sudden, the restrictions that that appear to be out there for people to try to execute on their ideas where they felt like they needed to know how to code everything or they needed to know how to, uh, or they needed to engage, pay a lot of money to somebody to create something for like a website for them. All of a sudden you have automated this process. So now all of these ideas that people have can now come out. Yeah. So I think that there's a big leap here that that we've taken. And I think that there's a particular theme. Okay. Especially when I look at automobiles, Xerox, especially Xerox. Uh, and as we're looking to Xerox website, which is, um, I want to make sure to call out WYSIWYGs. What's that? What you see is what you get. Okay. And this idea, or UIs. Uh-huh. So you, so Bill Mugridge, uh, rest in peace, just passed away in 2012. Um, I actually saw him in the New York City subway, but he was one of the first designers on the Apple mouse. He also worked on the Xerox copy machine. He was one of the original founders, if you will, with Dave Kelly and uh, Mike Nuttell and Bill Mugridge, who created IDEO way back in its day. So the thing about Xerox, and this is kind of the grandfathers of, of UX, it gave you a panel. How many copies do you want? Start, there's a UI element. With cars, you have a speedometer, you have a gear, you know, you, 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 you have a shifter, you, you, you know what speed you need to go, so on and so forth. With coders, you didn't have any of that. It was like you had to code. But then we developed a UI and we developed a WYSIWYG to make it more streamlined. And I think if I picked up on a theme kind of, of where you're going is for each one of these or for some of these, there is a UI level and there is a user experience to making things easier. It's like, let me look at all the complexities, then let me sum up all of those complexities into these simple, easy steps that anyone and everyone should be able to learn fairly quickly. And then before you know it, it's something that once was complex, now has become somewhat of a commodity. I agree. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to say and let's leave the cotton gin out of this. I really regret even bringing that up. It's, it's a horrible, it's a horrible innovation. Is that, I know people say that these open up opportunities 
what I'm going to say is that it, each of these innovations has actually made humanity better. It has, it has commoditized certain things. Yeah. And it has spread information faster. And if I may add to that, one of the things I love about commoditizing those certain things. Yeah. Democratizing it. Or commoditizing. No, commoditizing. Come on, you can say commoditize because you could say that at one point, if I was a developer, yeah, and I was a specialist, or I was a developer, but you could say at one point being a developer was being a specialist, you can charge a premium. But then Squarespace comes in or WordPress comes in, and if I'm a developer and all I was doing back in the 90s, early 2000s was websites, and Squarespace comes out and puts out a platform that you can get a website done within a day that looks better than probably what I was making at the time, it's going to force me. And I think that's part of that, maybe perhaps that capitalistic side, it's going to force me to adapt and it's going to force me to evolve. And I perhaps in my entrepreneurial spirit really respect and appreciate that skill, the human skill to be able to evolve and adapt. And I like to believe that a lot of people are able to evolve and adapt and a lot of people are able to say, you know what, I just landed this particular job or I'm doing this particular task, but I don't want to be okay just doing this one job. I don't want to be okay doing this one task. So I need to evolve and I need to adapt to keep learning new technologies and new techniques. Now, everything you're saying is totally reasonable. Yeah. However, I think that that sort of change obviously is very difficult for people. And our current administration is obviously playing to that fear, right? By keeping coal jobs, by keeping, you know, there are people in this country who rely on old paradigms to stay alive, right? To me, the idea of, I I grew up in Michigan. To me, the idea of, I just graduated high school and I'm going to work at the automotive company for the rest of my life. I think that worked. I love Detroit. I love what it like did for Michigan, but I've seen way too many automotive plants that are nothing but brown rust. And the idea that unions and high wages and great benefits, it's coming back, I don't see it. I was recently having a conversation with somebody about this, and I said, I see the the automotive company saying, why am I going to hire, let's say, for example, a thousand people if for that amount or for less than that amount, I can have automation installed in, in, in a place. Um, so why wouldn't they go the automotive route? So if in, in other words, I think the future would be, hey, you graduated high school, congratulations. You can go work at the plant, but it's going to be a smaller group of people and it's going to be much more perhaps technology centric to be working at for an sure. automotive plant. In 30 plant years, coding is going to be like being a cashier. Right? I mean, eventually everyone is going to learn to code all their life. Those 20 years from now, they're going to know how to code like they know English. Yeah. So then it once everyone knows it, then it's not as impressive, right? So the only way to continue to improve and what Detroit did not do for a long time is obviously innovate, right? They did not innovate. They built the same clunkers. And this is and like the uh, economic collapse hit hard because they did not push the product forward. Yeah. 
obviously you can blame unions, you can blame whatever, but it really comes from the top that if you had pushed innovation, then those plants wouldn't close because then people would want that. Well, look at what, you know, the recently, recent news came out, like Tesla, a, some people might call it a startup. What yeah, it has been able to do, cars, right? Huh? They had to recall all their cars, did they? Did they? Uh, my understanding was that it surpassed Ford at, you know, um, as, as, on, from a value standpoint. It, it might have. Oh, it issued a, issued a recall for 53,000 cars. But like what one person or one company with a, one person with a vision and, 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 and access to a company can do in a short amount of time Ford has been around longer than Elon Musk has, but like they haven't been able or they weren't willing to, and this goes back to our original conversation, the idea of research and development and thinking big, not thinking like, and this goes back even to the conversation that we had about ad agencies, like not thinking about like, oh, this is really cool technology that I just found on the internet. Let me see how I can implement this into my next project. But like, why aren't we thinking about the technologies? Why aren't we hiring people who can help us think about those technologies and instead of being reactive to these things. So let, I, I, I'm on the same page with you. Yeah. So why, why don't I wrap up my, my thoughts here? Wrap it up. So now the big fear is an AI, right? People fear AI is going to kill tons of jobs. But once again, like all these other innovations in the past, I think that there are secondary effects. I think AI at this point Do you know the idea, the, the idea of supervised versus unsupervised learning versus antagonistic learning, I believe it's called? No, like I was, adversarial learning. I was sitting at a restaurant yesterday with a friend of mine who was trying to describe to me what like deep learning, artificial intelligence, blockchains, like the idea of like blockchains. Not everyone's talking about blockchains. I've heard more about blockchains in the last three weeks than the one Bitcoin that I owned a while back that I ended up selling because it wasn't worth anything. I, I can walk you through blockchain. It's which I wish that it would have but, held on to. But, okay, all the algorithms that are being created are essentially supervised learning algorithms. What does that mean? That means a human feeds this algorithm data. It's not. And, and it's via yeah. the parameters we have set it. And you know, The computer is not monitoring itself. I mean, kind of, but... An algorithm is a very fancy word for a multivariate equation, right? That's it means fancy. that there well, it means that there's a couple of variables that affect something. And you remember creating graphs in, in math class back in the day, there's a coefficient in front of each of those variables. You try to figure out what the magnitude of each of those variables are on whatever you're trying to calculate, right? Supervised learning algorithms are ones that we know what we want something to do. Yeah. We know generally, and we want to essentially create this algorithm that that we we, we push a uh, AI algorithm to do. We, we, we create an equation that we want this AI to perform, right? A supervised learning algorithm created the 2007 crash, right? It was algorithms that we created, we verified with data, And then we then used it around all uh, uh, in, in the banking system, right? And they failed, all right? right? Because there are fallacies in, in the way. So they weren't self-correcting? No. Okay. Unsupervised learning is essentially one where a computer learns from another computer. Are, is anybody doing that right now? Trying to. That sounds like one, one method of that is adversarial learning. 
Jesus. which is what Facebook is doing. We can go into that in more detail at some other time. But essentially, it's like, until we can get a computer to think independently, AI is only going to get rid of these very, like, commoditized jobs. Like Amazon Go with cashiers. I'm not trying to diss cashiers, but if people can go in and out without having to deal with the cashier, they probably will because time is your most important resource, right? And Amazon wouldn't go into this business if they didn't see the potential in it. It supports their core retail business and it supports their, they're trying to get it. Amazon Go, you're not talking about the little switches. No, no, no. They're essentially trying to create a retail environment where you walk in, walk out. You don't ever have to pull out a credit card. You don't ever have to put stuff into a bag. You just take it and walk out. They're having issues with- They've um, had that in Japan for a little bit. Mm, I don't think like this. They they may have vending machines. They don't have it like this. And so it will kill many jobs, but I think I'm not smart enough to know what jobs that will be supported through these sorts of innovations, right? And, And then I think there's a similar fear with like autonomous cars, right? Autonomous cars are going to cripple the transportation industry. You see Uber, Uber is supposed to be leaving that. I mean, Uber, Google, well, Uber from the point of view that all of a sudden now you have, like, why would they we pay all these drivers? We can just buy a, or lease a bunch of these cars, and they're just, there you go. Like, And I think what, what's, what's fascinating about autonomous cars is the sort of ethical, what we consider to be ethical issues that may arise. Like, you know, the classic case is you have two of your kids in the backseat, and you're about to, and there's three kids in front of you on the road. What does the car do? Like your two children are sitting in the back. Yeah. You're not in the car, but they're driving you to school. And there are three kids that ran across the street. What does the car do? Does it run over them? Or does it freaking peel over and kill your kids? Uh, It's like these sorts of ethical questions. Like you would say, of course, like you you can't kill my kids, but what's best for humanity? I mean, it's probably three is greater than two, right? Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's like we have a- anyway, I I think I'm getting into like Michael territory with thinking about these sorts of like uh, Where's Michael? Yeah, it's where is Michael? Yeah. But we I think we're getting into things that can't be we should we should can't be communicated, which is like Michael's Michael's uh, purview, but hold on, tell us. Yeah. So if people wanted to reach you, how would they do so? You can reach me at, at Kooner Amit, K O O N E R A M I T. What happened to the diamonds in their pockets? That's my Instagram. Ah. That's uh, from the uh, Spin Doctors. I like it. You know like what I'm talking it. about? The, uh, it, was it Spin Doctors that sang Two Prince? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's it's uh, Two Princes. Two Princes. Love that song. It, classic. Instant yeah. classic. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to continue the conversation online, you can reach me at... I don't know which one to give up. Well, I think that we need to get our social media in order. Yeah. Michael needs to get it together. Yeah. We need to get that social media up and running. So up and running. Just... But we, we, we could still promote our personal uh, channels. You can reach me at Primaloop, P-R-I-M-A-L-L-O-O-P, or at G-Chanange, G-C-H-A-N-A-N-G-E, on Twitter. And uh, if you want to find me on, t- on Instagram, I'm sure you can. So. All right, great. Next time we'll have Michael back on. Yeah, uh, dude. It was great, man. I, I enjoyed it. Was it was a great conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we had a lot of, uh, a lot of things out of our chest. And uh, I'm going to sleep a little bit soundly tonight.
Why is that? All the beer? No, man. Just feel like I went to confession. Or I took a big deuce. <laughs> you always pass out after you take a deuce? I think that's a problem, dude. Oh, I just take a little nap. <laughs> just, just crawl. I turn up the heater, and then yeah. I just crawl into the covers. I was oh, like, oh, no. man, toasty. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That might be a problem. You yeah. might be hitting a, a, just a, like, a nerve or something, Oh, dude. man, just throw like... <laughs> You throw the prizes, fiber, dude. I don't know if you need to be struggling that bad. Throw a little Vanna White on, it's the <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, and I'm out. <laughs> Good All times. Right. Until next time, this is Amin and Gunther. And in absence, Michael, I don't know where you are, saying goodbye. And we'll talk to you guys next month.